0: Hey, what's up? You're listening to Middle Class Rockstar. I'm back. Episode number two. Uh, Last week, I had a great time hanging out with the Greyhounds, Austin-based band. Really cool dudes, really great music. This week, we have Anthony Catalano, who I met originally in college when he ran sound for uh, the ensemble I was in my freshman year. We became good friends after that. And he was involved in the recording and or production of my first three records I put out. Anthony uh, now does more on the live sound side of things. He's done sound for countless acts, including George Clinton and Marsha Ball and a bunch of others. He's done a lot of different things. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get him in. He's a, a real working class musician who makes it work in the industry. Uh, oh, I just got a text message, if you heard that beep. Um, anyway, he makes it work in the industry, not as a performing musician, but by uh, doing doing other things. And uh, he teaches at Arapahoe Community College, teaches a live sound class. Uh, he does tons of live sound stuff. He goes all over the country to do it. And this was a real dialogue. Anthony got, and I got into some of the stuff he's done, uh, how he ended up in denver from his childhood in canada so talked about uh music venues and booking and what the bands need for it to work and what the venues need for it to work so i think this is a really great episode for musicians out there and people in the industry and uh, i just got to shoot the shit with an with an old friend so i hope you enjoy here it is middle class rock star episode number two with anthony catalina we rolling? Okay. We're here with Anthony Catalano. And, you know, I've been. Well, first off, I, I apologize. I've got a lingering cough and a stuffed up nose I'm dealing with. Um,
1: we'll disinfect the mic afterwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm actually doing this podcast at Anthony's house on his equipment, or rather his wife's equipment. Um, <laughs> yes. yeah. And uh, the first take of this was at my house, and I was just having some computer issues um and it's good with a a good friend like anthony we can always try again and i also um made the error of starting the as you just pointed out starting uh the podcast with the click track (laughs) (laughs) with the click track we're gonna talk at at 120 bpm for an hour (laughs)
1: um
0: but i'm i'm really happy to have anthony here um he's been involved with my personal music career for quite a while we met in college at CU Denver in uh John Collison's pop rock ensemble that was a good one back in 09 I think was it a good one (laughs) it was fun yeah that was a that was a great time Uh, we were talking about who all was in that yeah um I think Steve Buffalino was in that Marshall Gallagher yeah who's gone on to do some cool stuff was in that and you were you were the audio engineer I was one of the two audio people
1: yeah that was a that was a
0: good experience um, and yes, yeah, so we've gone on to do a ton of stuff together. Um, you basically single-handedly did my first record, you know, the recording and the, which we, st- I think we started at the school studio and then took elsewhere. Um, but you did the recording of a studio you built, um, oh, or yeah, in a studio yeah, yeah. that you built and I think you mixed it. Uh, no, no, that, uh, t- Soifer mixed it. I thought Soifer mastered. No, Soifer mixed soy it. Soifer mixed it. Yeah. Tyler Soifer mixed it. My apologies. Um, but you did a bunch on that. You produced the second record. Um, you engineered the third record. And so, yeah, there's been we've done a lot of stuff. I guess it's been a couple years now, but we've done a lot of stuff together, which is cool to think back on. So thanks for doing this.
1: Oh, a pleasure. A pleasure.
0: Um, so I guess something I want to jump in with you right away is you have so many different... Or you've had so many different revenue streams, and there's a lot of things you're really good at, and you're you're totally on the audio and tech side at this point, um, in education side. Um, but I don't know. Why don't you why don't you talk about some of the different things that you do? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm a full-time freelance sound guy,
1: and uh, just recently I've decided to focus more on the live sound uh, focus, I right. guess. Uh, So going out and doing things in venues, um, outdoor festivals, uh, corporate environments, political events, things like that. Uh, I still do some recording and producing in the studio, but uh, it's more rare. And then, like you mentioned, I'm doing uh, some education stuff. I sit on the advisory board for a couple of local community colleges in Colorado, and then I actually teach at Arapahoe Community College. Um, uh, one day a
0: week It's a two and a half hour class Oh, so you just do the one class there That's correct, yeah I have a couple of former students that I had in high school Who are at ACC doing mm-hmm. audio stuff And I said, well, take a class with Anthony <laughs> What's your course called? Uh, live
1: sound Live audio engineering or live sound engineering I can't remember what the formal
0: I, oh, so you, course th- name is And so that's like totally what you're doing right now too is a Pretty much, thing. yeah, exactly And what, what uh. What made that change? I know with us, our relationship has mostly been in the studio. Um, but what right. what what made the change for you?
1: Uh, after, after just taking every job that I possibly could, uh, you know, Chris Daniels, who I'm sure a lot of the listeners will at least be aware of by name, uh, you know, one of the best pieces of advice he ever gave me in his music business course was to never say no to an opportunity. Yeah. And so when I first started out in the professional world, just trying to get work, uh, I took anything that I could possibly get my hands on that was even remotely music or audio related. Yeah. So I was like, you know, doing all sorts of things, uh, doing setups on guitars for my friends before they would go into the recording studio or, you know, um, record friends' bands, uh, set up studios, do live sound here and there at different venues around town. But... After many years of that, I kind of realized that my career was dragging me behind it instead of me sort of steering it in a very specific direction. Right. And I've always kind of been one of those people that needs to focus, if that makes sense. I used to play guitar all the time. I used to think I was pretty good at guitar. Um, Maybe in retrospect, with all I know now, that's not the case. But I was never able to do more than one thing at once. So when I fell into audio engineering, guitar kind of fell by the wayside and... So it's been with uh, with audio engineering uh, live versus studio. As I just decided, you know, long term, just really n- need to focus on one so I can get really great at it. Yeah, And that's why I, I had a heart to heart with myself and decided, you know, maybe it's time to sell this thousands of dollars worth of recording studio equipment that I've amassed through savvy garage sale hunting right, <laughs> over right. the last
0: decade and a half. And just focus on the live world stuff. Uh, that's so cool, um, and I like hearing life lessons from Chris Daniels' class too. Hey, man! When you hear
1: something good like that and it impacts you, it's it's funny. Like ten, twelve years later, it's still relevant. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: and he, he, I'm, he, he and I are very close. He produced this this record, and we're actually sharing a bill tomorrow night at the Little Bear. Oh, awesome! So is yeah. that full band or is he? It's yeah, my full band's a five to eight, and his but is, is it the nine Kings to one. too? Yeah, it, yeah, Chris and the Kings. Um, Yes, that'll be a good time. Um, but uh, that's so cool—you've delved into the live sound. Um, I hope we can do some some stuff together in that. In that, yeah, way.
1: yeah. Um, we've tried in the past; it's just the scheduling is always such a difficult thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what have you? Uh, what do you got coming up? That's really cool that you're looking forward to.
1: Uh, I'm in talks right now, actually, um, to fly to Puerto Rico, Cuba, and the Dominican Republic. Wow! To Um, not only run live sound for events, but also teach some um, disadvantaged schools and churches out there how to more properly run sound and try and engage some of their students and maybe uh, flare up a passion in them for, for music or audio in some way. So going out there and actually doing like little live demonstrations and lessons on sound and audio and recording and all this other cool stuff.
0: Wow. Yeah. So that's the educator inside you coming out. I guess
1: so. I guess so. Yeah. Well, it was, remains to be seen how it'll turn out, but it's it's
0: definitely a fun uh it sounds fun. And did that opportunity come from I I know you you've started doing like some church gig stuff on mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. on Sundays and we we had a conversation about this like you know, getting paid on Sunday is like <laughs> you know, a real advantage. I yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, we, we <laughs> there was one morning was like
1: one of those hazy (laughs) Sunday mornings (laughs) when I'm driving to the church that I was working at that morning. And some some jerk off on the highway was like honking. I'm like, I'm in my lane. It's a Sunday morning. I'm tired, but I'm in my lane. 7 a.m. I'm going like 5 or 10 over the speed limit already. And here comes this guy zooms past me, and it's Andy. (laughs) I was on the way to my church gig.
0: We both had church gigs.
1: Yeah, on I-25 South at like 7 in the morning on a Sunday. So there's like very few people out on the road
0: and just... (laughs) probably like a lot of people going to church. You know what? I'm <laughs> sure we've passed each other more times than oh, that. That absolutely. was the time that one of absolutely. us noticed, but we're always, we're, both of us are heading down <laughs> like every Sunday morning at 7:15. you and I are probably driving down I-25. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but so did you get this opportunity through that? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: The, I did a seminar recently, um, at a, uh, church facility that happens to be like three blocks from my house. Mm. And, um, they had a digital mixer that they were having troubles with, and they just said, you know what, we we need someone to come in and, and take a look at it. Um, are you available? And then that kind of evolved into this, like, let's actually expand the welcome to this seminar to all our colleagues in the church community that can make it. And we had like 15 or 20 people come and it was me teaching them, like, how to use this mixer that they all had at their churches, but they, like, didn't fully understand how to utilize because it's a lot of volunteers and things like that. There's a lot of holes in the board. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of places to plug stuff in. <laughs> there's a lot of buttons not to push. <laughs> so, yep, yeah. <laughs> um yeah and so that evolved and then they they kind of dreamt up this outreach thing um you know going down to cuba um doing some uh outreach and and restoration help as well as like some training out in puerto rico and the dr and um yeah they thought of me so it it just came from something else that i I jumped in on Uh, another unpaid thing that i thought would be fun taking chris daniel's quote to heart yet again yeah, but I you know, me you know, I do turn down sometimes people call me, you know, they'll say, Hey, can you record my audiobook? And I'll say, you know, uh, my whole thing is like with the studio thing and and this goes with live sound as well, but I'm of the opinion that um when somebody spends hours and hours and hours, like forty, sixty hours in a studio in a week and their heart's in it. Um, as it should be, hopefully, if they're spending that much time there, right? Um, they're they're out like online every day, checking out like, well, what's the the coolest new plugin, and you know, what's another effective method to like mix this record, or um, they're constantly learning tips and tricks and getting better. But if you're not sort of honed in on that specialty field, then you don't learn as many of those as quickly, and you're not staying up with the times and I mean, even just listening from, like, early 90s to 2018, how music has changed and the way it's recorded and produced. Um, And you don't want to give your artist a dated sound either unless that's what they want, right? Right. So I just kind of, in that heart-to-heart moment I mentioned earlier, I kind of said to myself, you know, you're almost doing a disservice to your clientele because you're not in the upper echelon of the field. And the guy that you know... Is really good that you can refer them to is. So, you know, this person calls me up for their audiobook and I'm like, hey, I do do this. However, I'm probably not the best option. And um, what I was trying to get to is that with all my clientele, live or otherwise, like if I'm not a good fit and I'm already busy, I usually go to them and say, you know, I super appreciate you thinking of me, but I think that this person would be a better fit. And that helps me a lot with like maintaining a really good network. On a professional level Right And then sometimes Um I'm lucky enough Where they see it as like A I don't know Like a A A, a Trust Uh Gesture It's a kind gesture That in, It bestows trust Between us And they're like Well we know You're not gonna take advantage of us You know You're not gonna be the guy To walk into the church And
0: say Oh here's the problem You need to spend Two hundred thousand dollars On stuff So there's know? a trust When there is something That is your main expertise right or, or you're not busy oh absolutely trust and you yeah, get that absolutely. business back and also i'm sure um you know you're talking about the networking i'm sure uh you know john doe down the street who is really really great at he does audio books for a living you know, right course, exactly you know exactly. he probably appreciates that and when he gets an opportunity um you know for a live sound thing he probably passes it and that's that's what it is I mean there's so much work here in
1: Denver and the great so many people doing it our area yeah but there's so many people doing it um, and then if you divide those all those people into like two categories of the people that know what they're doing and the people that don't know what they're doing right or like have good reputations and don't um, then you have far less people <coughs> and then you have even less people when you talk about you know live sound versus studio right so uh but it's always great to maintain those relationships and being so diverse in the past um was absolutely invaluable
0: with with actually uh acquiring those relationships yeah so that I can refer people now that's awesome and and we all got to stick together you know it's such a small you're not going to you're not going to make any friends or any extra business connections by being super competitive and i want this this and that if you know if if you're passing the work around and everyone's right. passing the work around it's only good for you exactly yeah and it's good
1: for the community and that's to some degree more important
0: yeah absolutely yeah. um Maybe let's let's uh jump back real quick cuz I sure. want to you know we've always we've always had this joke you know that you're Canadian <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah you know we're That's both a thing. we're both huge South Park fans I know whenever there's a new season <laughs> you and I are on the phone on Thursday morning Oh man talking about it eh buddy it's so good I'm not your buddy guy <laughs> Yeah <laughs> and uh yeah so um I you are Canadian. <laughs> yep. yep. Um so let's go back and and talk about how you ended up here in Colorado. Uh,
1: I got dragged down from Canada when I was in middle school cuz my dad got a job down here in Colorado. And uh Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. Yep. Yep. And I did not like that at all. So I I acted out, I guess. And I, I was I have a storied past that we won't go go into in detail, but we could. <laughs> we could, yeah. <laughs> it involves slipping illegal substances underneath bathroom stalls, uh the stall dividers <laughs> in high school and things like that. But uh uh you know when I when I I was failing out of this music technology class uh taught by probably one of my most influential mentors to date is a, a guy named uh, Dave Filsinger, um, who, until he moved to Arizona in, oh man, 2005 or something like that, um, he was probably like one of the most influential uh, vocal performance uh, judges and a cappella uh, teachers and arrangers in the vocal jazz community in Colorado. Um so he did this, he he taught this music technology course. And uh we used to listen to this music. And I was kind of flunking the class because I was a antisocial loser who would hang out in the back of the class. Um but we listen to this music and take notes on it and do a bunch of critical listening. And he pulled me aside one day and I was like, your notes are really, really good. You know, you have a good ear. you're failing the class why and i told him you know well i don't want to i don't want to talk to anybody you know blah 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 and he said well you have two choices you can either fail the the class or you can transfer all these vinyl records to cd and there were a bunch of adat tapes and everything too that that the high school had um to transfer and so i started that and it was amazing i mean i came in during my lunches because i wanted to get it done and Um, They had a recording studio at the school. And when um, the guy who was there before me, his name's Michael Scully. uh, When he graduated, you know, Dave was kind enough to offer me that position. Like, hey, will you record these vocal jazz auditions? Will you record the Allstate choir auditions, et cetera, et cetera? And then I got to, like, bring in all my friends' bands and my own band and record in the studio, Mm. uh, mix those records. And then they had all these awesome productions in an auditorium down there at air academy high school in colorado springs and so i was fortunate enough to do live sound for those were, as you, st- well. were
0: you still passing drugs under the stall at this point <laughs> uh no no it was it was kind of
1: uh, one of those moments uh where uh i was lucky enough to find to sort of stumble into my passion if that makes sense yeah um probably one of the few people that Was able to leave high school knowing exactly what i wanted to do with my life and it was one of those few moments where like you know dave dave kind of just caused a lot of change to happen by introducing something that was that brought a lot of joy and and passion into my life so i didn't really need the the drugs to make me feel better if you will (laughs) <laughs> so I, I yeah, I've been meaning to reach out to him for a while and express exactly that. Maybe I'll just send him the link to the podcast and we'll call it a day.
0: Yeah, yeah, you should. And and now I'm kind of wondering why we weren't delivered any drugs in John Collison's pop rock ensemble. Well, that could have been cool like underneath yeah. underneath the grand well,
1: piano you know under the lid when you're after 18 or 19 or whatever it is that the law considers you an adult that's probably not the best thing to bring onto a federal <laughs> or a,
0: a state campus <laughs> you know yeah yeah uh wow well that that's really that's really neat um and you've just been kind of in denver ever since you're you're what probably 18 19 yep 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 uh
1: instead of going back to canada with my parents after i graduated i just went right up to denver and enrolled at ucd and uh kind of been here ever since and yeah. your your folks are still up in Canada. they are the great white north yes they call me all the time and they're like oh did you get hit with a bunch of snow and i'm like hey, no we got you know no snow here it's like 70 degrees outside and it's january or february or whatever
0: right we're fortunate enough to have some of those days all twelve months of the year,
1: right? Or they're or or they call and they're like, "Oh, did you get hit by the snow?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Then they call the next day and they're like, "Oh, still trudging through the snow?" And I'm like, "Nope, <laughs> seventy degrees outside. Yeah. It's all gone." Right. Right. Yeah,
0: what yeah. what part of what part of Canada do you say?
1: Uh, uh, I'm from British Columbia, but they're living in Alberta right now. Oh, which okay. is like cold and dreary and prairie land. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of like Kansas or Nebraska, but with a bunch of oil fields. Uh, yeah. Inter-
0: well. Yeah, I guess I can really tell. We we'll be up in Alberta in a couple months, but um yeah, you tripped yeah. there recently, right? Yeah. You went to Calgary and Edmonton. Uh yes. Well, Edmonton and uh yeah, we did go through Calgary too. Yeah,
1: and then you went through Banff on your way to Vancouver, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you got it down. You helped me with my routing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like there's this burger joint in Banff. <laughs>
1: no no this fool was like oh i've got a i've got a subaru and and i'm hauling a trailer and in in january four cylinder subaru (laughs) in january we're gonna be going through these roads and i'm looking at his routing and i'm like dude your gps might say it's gonna take you like six hours to get from vamp to this city in british columbia but you need to realize that this is like a winter road and it's not a highway take <laughs> and it's in two, the middle of nowhere 20, yeah. <laughs> yeah and if it's not plowed or you get stuck in a storm it could be really bad but you obviously
0: did very well we did okay yeah did you did you travel slowly yeah <laughs> and parts the worst hey man the worst part of that whole trip was wyoming to be honest with you really yeah yeah we did we had to cancel a gig it was uh, so bad but um yeah driving through your native land was fun i was thinking of you a lot oh i appreciate it I uh, just yeah uh, well, we're glad, Colorado's glad to have you now. Oh, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> hey, t- tell me a little bit about, this recording equipment is way better than what I'm recording with. What's,
1: oh. What are we using here for the music? music? <laughs> um, it's it's a pair of uh, AKG 414s, um, and we're going through uh, uh, just a, a, a performance-level interface. It's a, a U, uh, RME FireFace UFX. FireFace UFX interface it's something super special and then we're just recording in into pro tools yeah um my wife is also an audio engineer i met her at university and she has a podcast right now and she and her company actually rents this equipment from my company and i'm using it do you charge her double <laughs> no <clears throat> no i don't i don't charge her double but uh i should
0: yeah. I'll, I'll bring up that idea and make sure that she knows you're behind it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the last time I get invited over. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, right on. Um, so th- you're doing the church gig currently now. Like We're back, back to present time. And then you're also doing all kinds of live sound stuff. Yep. And then you're working with, um, what is it, one or two newish venues as well? That's correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, along with the... referral, you
1: know, from the the church organizations and stuff that's related to that. I'm also fortunate enough to receive referrals from people that I do live sound for, and that could be different venues around town. Um, uh, The one that you and I have been talking about lately, uh, it was actually a referral to design, or or I should say implement the sound system that they already bought for their space um, to, to... install it and make it as good as it could be uh it just came from a referral from a colleague of mine um he and I were doing a show and someone came up and told him he was at front of the house said you know it sounds really good in here um I'm opening up a venue are you interested in working at some other places or can you help us with the sound system and you know like I said it's a small town so try and maintain relationships as much as possible And and my colleague was nice enough to to refer me um, to help them install the system and we've been doing some other work for them ever since. Nice, yeah. Yeah. and are you doing some booking stuff there as well? Um, Looking at it, yeah, it's an open opportunity, right? So mm-hmm. it's something I feel like is staring at me in the face, like here's a great space, Um, they're not booked up all the time, it's not a terrible location, <laughs> and you know, look at this network i'm av- I've amassed let me call Andy and let's put together a show yeah, you know and and uh I can make some money doing sound and then we can maybe like make some money on the door and make sure that the band's well paid and yeah, everyone's feeling good about the arrangement another avenue exactly, yeah, and there's nothing terribly complicated about it from what I can tell. it's just about you know get in there and get it done
0: right right well, and I know we've we've talked some about booking strategies and now that I'm sort of booking one night a week at a at the venue I teach at, um, you know, we've gone into like, well, what's fair for the artist versus what's fair for the venue. And it's interesting being on the other side of it for the first time, you know, you're always getting, you know, if it's always the, the promoter of the venues fault when you're the artist, right. You know, even if it's not right, but you're always on like, I'm on the artist. Me- meaning side. when you don't get paid. Yeah. yeah or, sure, sure. or when the show doesn't go as well as planned. And then, and then being on the venue side of it, um, it's given me real perspective. Oh, because you're booking at a couple places now as well. Just one, um, and it's just and it's just one night a week, and I'm sort of just doing it, um, you know, for fun. And I love uh, it's I, I love the place and I believe in the place, and it's um, it's great. Uh, but uh, we're you know it's it's interesting being on the other side of it too, where you say, okay, well, we need to make X amount of dollars break even, right? So we can't just say. Here's $500, right? right? And, right. and it's, it, you know, but you, uh, but I, because I'm an artist, I believe I'm always backing the artist. So um, it's been interesting trying to figure out exactly what to do, you know, is a door deal where you, the artist keeps 100% the thing to do and kind of been experimenting with a few yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: we were just talking about before we started the podcast, I would not have guessed that a door deal, you know, someone like the band would be required to put someone at the door. You know, I just, that's not something I ever thought of before. I mean, it it makes sense. Um, I think on some level I'm still conflicted with that idea, but it makes sense. Um, And then, you know, one of these venues I'm working sound for, you know, the artists aren't totally guilt-free either. Um, Something that they've been dealing with a lot actually is artists who come in and are saying, hey, I want to do a show here. Um, And they're like, great, yeah. And then they won't promote it at all, like not even a little bit. They won't tell the venue that they have a show literally down the street the next day that they've promoted. And the word's gotten around that this venue is very much trying to um, not be part of the stereotypes of like, yeah, come play our venue. It's, uh, you know, you have to pay us to play here and you're lucky that you even have a place and they've been paying out like really generously yeah and i think word's gotten out and so the now bands are like yeah we just need some money let's go play at this place and they don't do any promotion and no one shows up and um sometimes the bands are just the worst right <laughs> um but they're doing it because they
0: know they're guaranteed to get like a big can't, sum of can't money blame them yeah. The yeah 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 because i have so many gigs especially <clears throat> when we're on the road door deals on the road are tough or <clears throat> small guarantees. Right. So when there's opportunities for gigs like that in your in your hometown, then, you know. But yeah, I, I certainly see both sides of it. And I know I, I've had emailed with some artists who say, well, I charge X per hour. And that, that's that been sort of a weird thing because I, I do that for certain gigs. If I'm playing at a brewery right. or a restaurant, where there's a walk-in crowd and you're paying me to entertain your crowd, right. established crowd, yeah, yeah, an established crowd that's coming for the pizza or it's coming for the, the beer or the steaks, yeah, right, or or a wedding, right? It's a little oh. bit a different, <laughs> right, 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 because that's not right. my job promote that, obviously. Um, but then when I when I get this from some artists, I say, man, I I just we don't, you know, it's a coffee shop during the day, you know, but at night we we serve amazing pizza and it's a bar but it's a listening room at night, you know, and and so there has to be people, we have to be promoting it, you have to be promoting it, right. or else right. we could have a, a quiet Saturday night, and if we have that, you, we can't pay you 100 bucks an hour, it just doesn't work like that. No, it that. doesn't make sense. Um, so it's different types of gigs. Too, and you got to decide which ones you're going to promote.
1: Well, oftentimes when you do those gigs, aren't you usually playing a different type of music as well? Like when you're at the steakhouse, for instance, aren't you playing a ton of covers? They're not necessarily going to pay you to come in and promote your own music
0: because people start to be like, well, I want to hear Piano Man. Well, I would. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've gotten to the point at at some of the breweries and like Steakhouse. You know, I had a relationship with a steakhouse for a while through my roommate, Kevin, you know, and I was playing there. For a couple of years And it got to the point Where people Would request originals Because I'd slip them in Right But there are still nights When somebody comes in And says hey I want to hear this I want to hear that Right And that's part of the gig If you're right. playing at, at our You know At a, a venue where Right you're, but that's what
1: You're getting paid for Yeah You know that's where right.
0: like, That's where like All your, your hard
1: hours At like Howl at the moon Pay off because you sat there... A small for, amount of hard hours. <laughs> I didn't last too long in that. Well, g- but I the mean, the point game. being, you 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 learned probably a ton of different material. Right. and And now, these wedding gigs, for instance, you're getting paid for your time for right. that material. That yeah. you learned and invested in that material. Because if someone says, hey, play Piano Man, you know how to play Piano
0: Man. Right. Right. I got the harmonica part down, too. Nice. And, and a rack.
1: <laughs> so and you brought it I actually you know um, so maybe you can speak on it a little bit too and then I can kind of tell you the audio side you had mentioned hourly doesn't work so then what does happen usually is it the share well, of the
0: door how that work I'm well, curious I, I think hourly like you were talking about for those gigs you can say this is my hourly rate I'm 75 an hour pay it or don't you know just as a, a figure um, and maybe you can <clears throat> negotiate or something what we end up doing is a drink and a meal, and then, if if you want to pass the hat, great. If you want to charge a door, great. Artist keeps a hundred percent of the door, so if it's a, it's a good place to play. If it's a show you're going to promote, because we have a PA and a sound guy, and it's, um, it's a really nice stage. Um, everything is backlined, drum kit, bass. Um, Do you have to pay for the sound guy and the other expenses at the? So what happens if? No, if usually. We have a sound guy who's there pretty much every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Cause we do open mic Thursday and Friday. Right. If he can't be there, um, he's pretty much always there. Um, but if he can't be there, I actually, you know, we'll get someone else to do it, or, you know, I'll I'll do it if I'm free. Or you know, the bands a lot of times, sure. if it's an acoustic band, they can run it, and it's pretty basic. The owner um, <clears throat> is starting to do some. We're kind of, um, yeah, he's been working and learning some basic stuff too, so we can always help out with sound. And so if it's a show you're gonna promote, you can charge $5 cover, $10 cover, and if you get 50 people in the door, 60 people in the door, you do the math, um, and the bar does real well too. you know.
1: Well, I, was, I took my live sound to a venue, I took my live sound class, pardon me, to a venue uh, earlier this week, and yeah. one of the students was like, yeah, let's, um, do you mind introducing me to the contact and I can ask them about booking. And it was actually quite intriguing because, um, the gentleman was telling us that when they have shows that they guarantee the door, the artist doesn't actually get anything until they recoup the costs of the door person and sound engineer. Right. So I think it's like 300 bucks or something. They have to, they have to pay the venue
0: yeah before they make a dime which is door. tough yeah no ours is whatever your door cover is you keep it for first dollar yeah um do you know it's because of the environment we don't like you know we we don't staff an extra guy to run the door so we don't know what to expect but um a lot of times you know if i don't have a gig i'm always hanging out in there and i'll and i'll do yeah. it we have yeah. a vol- we have a volunteers that'll do it because we have a really good community of people um that come out every weekend for the music um and the other thing is, too, because it's a really great environment with a really great community, we can put out a table right at the front door with a bucket and say, hey, it's $5 covered tonight." And And we can see you from the bar or the register, <laughs> right? You can, you can say, you, you know, if someone slips past, you can say something. But it's only been an issue, like, once where yeah. somebody's yeah, gone yeah, in yeah. and been like, oh, I don't want to pay it. Um, but it's people just put it in and walk in. Well, I mean, I imagine those people too. They could probably be like, go to the bar and be like, "Hey,
1: I see there's a cover. I'm planning on sitting at the bar for like four hours and spending like a hundred bucks on booze. Yeah, can you cover my? <laughs> can yeah, you throw one... a five in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we haven't we haven't had that that happen yet. But I know some people will just come in for yeah. coffee late night or just yeah, to yeah. pick up food, and that's different because you can oh, walk sure, to the left, sure, sure, sure. Order your coffee and walk out. But people. People there, there's a lot of musicians that are regulars there, and it's a really great artist community. Um, so it it really hasn't been an issue. And I know to a new artist who's never seen Lincoln Station, uh, it's, it's right right off the Lincoln Station light rail. To an artist who's never been there, that sounds might sound like, well, what do you mean? You're just gonna put out jars? Like, man, it just it works. <laughs> like I I get where you're coming from, especially if I was a touring band. But actually, we've had some touring bands do real well because it intrigues the regulars and you know if they have some friends in town or whatever it's,
1: it's like a bonus it's a mutually beneficial thing because you're like
0: okay I'm intrigued and I get to go have that yep. steak that I love and with that listening crowd and for us it's pizza we have bomb bomb pizza nice um i got to come check that out yeah yeah please do um but yeah any <laughs> that because it's you know a seated environment um people do well on merch too yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. I I filled in because the guy I booked broke his arm and my gig got canceled. This was like 2 days before, so I filled in. And there wasn't a ton of people there because it was 2 days, you know, maybe 15, and I did, you know, like 150 bucks in merch, you know, so it was kind of right. Awesome. And and I just filled in cuz I didn't have I had it open and we needed someone, but um yeah, so it's it's been a good it's been a good thing, but I I think it's it's tough and I know we've had lots of conversations about this where how is it fair for everybody right how do you make it happen you know yeah yeah I uh I had an interesting
1: experience just yesterday actually so I had a couple colleagues that I went to university with and they called me up and they said you know hey do you know anyone that can come and calibrate a studio control room and set up the speakers and get it all sounding right and everything and i said well actually that's sort of what i do you know i do it with a lot of live sound venues but i also do it for recording studios and they're like oh that's awesome can you come over and i said absolutely and then you know one of the rules that i always live by at this point is like do not commit to anything until i get details as to what i'm committing to like where's the gig yeah what am i doing sound for right who is it for um how much am i getting paid Uh, how long does the gig last? Um, where's the gig? I mean, that seems like I said it again, but I mean, it's a big deal as to whether or not it's at a venue that's, you know, four miles from my house in downtown Denver, or is it, you know, 160 miles, you know, up in the front range mountains somewhere like, you know, Beaver Creek or whatever. Right. Um, and then how am I getting paid? Are you paying me cash afterwards Are you keeping track of it for tax reasons? Are you going to send me a 1099 at the end of the year that I'm going to have to claim on? Is it a check? Is it a? (laughs) If you're working for me, you're getting a 1099. Right, exactly. Right, right, right. Right, 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 exactly. So those are things that I need to know. So here's these guys that I really respect. And they call me up. And they're like, hey, can you come do this? And I sent them a text back with my rate. Well, long story short, I go and I do the gig. They're super happy with it. They love it. totally stoked. And they had this moment afterwards when I was packing up my gear and they're like, man, we were kind of surprised, um, at the rate that you gave us. Um, because you know, we were kind of expecting like the homie hookup or, you know, we had people come by and we give them a six pack and they do it for free. Um, but they're like, you were totally professional. You came with all the right tools. You like met and exceeded all of our expectations we so happy with everything, and and they paid me without question, you know. But it was one of those things where it's like, I don't want to equate it to anything insulting because I really like these guys. But they they definitely brought up a good point that I hadn't thought of before, or at least not recently. Um, you know, like, hey, can you come play our show, the or play our venue? The we'll pay you an exposure, or it'll be really great exposure for your band. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know I, what I mean. I or, love exposure. Or can you do me a favor and? Play piano on my record, you know. And you're like, yeah, I I really would love to, but you know, we have to have either like an exchange of services type thing happen, because this is like what I do for a living, you know.
0: Or you need to you need to pay me. You because know what, friend or not, man, I got to eat. I got bills to pay. We right. live in Denver. <laughs> not to and not to not to interrupt, but you've inspired me. I'm gonna do an entire podcast episode, and the theme is gonna be the homie hookup. Nice, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that's, that's a thing. And it's like,
1: there's this constant, uh, like, how am I getting paid? How much am I getting paid? Am I getting paid fairly? And then you have the venues that pay you a certain way, which is usually, I mean, well, I shouldn't say usually, if you work for a big promoter that owns the venue, like an AG live nation <coughs> thing, right? They want to have you fill out all the paperwork. So you're an on-call on-demand part-time employee, yeah. which is... We're gonna work you to the bone. You get no benefits of any kind, no health insurance. Da 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 You know, uh, no matter how many hours a week you work, and you get paid like an hourly rate. You know, um, and I think it varies between like ten and you know twenty or twenty-five at the absolute max, probably for those those companies. Um, and that's it and yay or nay, sign up and do sound or you're out the door, right? Yeah. But then that's all... You, know, you pay taxes out of that as well. Yeah. Um, or you have the venues that are like smaller, you know, um, mom and pop type venues or even some of these venues that are owned by not gigantic promotion <laughs> companies. Yeah. And they'll pay you anywhere from like... some Some of them try to give you 50 bucks for a night and then others... Um at the top end, you're lucky to get like two hundred or two twenty five to come out. And sometimes that involves being there at two pm for like a national or sometimes noon for a national uh, band load in, leaving at two or three in the morning after you've cleared the stage. And depending on how big the venue is, that might involve you loading in, setting up the stage, running sound check for the national and depending on how ignorant the promoter is, you know, in the past, my my record's 13 openers for that yes for that (laughs) metal show yeah right 13 openers and then sometimes you're not just running front of house you're also running monitors and uh also depending on the size of any lights yeah and just the other day when i was at that tour my colleague told me that he was also the bar back can you imagine?
0: <laughs> Can no you imagine? Way. No he was like, way. He was
1: telling me he was like setting levels and then like <coughs> getting it to a good point and then in the middle of the song running and like cleaning pint glasses and getting cups ready and stuff <coughs> at the bar and then running no back and doing way. it. And I, I swear to you, bro. And it's like, where does this end? $75. Oh, yeah. And they'll be like, oh, here's your hundred bucks. And you're like, man, I just worked 12 hours and I worked four jobs and I got paid 100 bucks. And then the government's like, yeah, we'll take 30% of that. And then you have to pay into unemployment. And if you're legit, workman's comp insurance and your own health insurance and maybe your own retirement fund, if you're smart, your Roth IRA or your 401K. And, you know, the list goes on. And then on top of that, you have bills, which I mean, like, we all have bills, right? So you're like, okay, I need my rent and my electricity, and no one can live without a smartphone. It just doesn't make sense anymore. Right. And I mean, everything everybody else knows and does and pays, and then you're left with like fifty, sixty cents at the end of the week, and you're like, Oh right, I guess I'll buy five packets of ramen. Right. <laughs> I right. Mean, you know? And that's artists as well. You know, they get treated the same way. So yeah. Uh you know, that's the that's the, the struggle with the venue world. And then contrastingly, you have uh You know, some churches will treat you the same way in the worship environments or religious community. And then some churches will treat you the exact opposite. They're like, oh, yeah, um, we have three services on a Sunday. You know, we'll pay you a $100 per service. And you're there for like six hours and you get 300 bucks. Yeah. And you're like, that's a great deal. You know, you end up walking out with like 50 bucks an hour or something. Right. Um, And then, you know you go work for an event production company and they're like, we've got a really big client. You're going to work a political event. You know, uh, I did political events for the Trump campaign and the Hillary clamp campaign, the last go around. Yeah. And you know, depending on what you're doing, they're going to pay you between 20 and $50 an hour to go in and do this stuff because they just need someone to come in and do it. And you didn't care politically; it was just just a gig. Yeah, you did yeah. it for both parties. I did. I did. Oh. Ooh,
0: no, I'm just there's, a, there's, <laughs> some, there's some
1: there's some ironic takeaways. Like, <laughs> like there were definitely times where we were like fantasizing about doing things um, for both, <laughs> <laughs> like the Secret Service for Hillary just despised her like just absolutely don't like her at all really (laughs) that was what we got out of it and then it was like you go to the trump campaign thing and uh and it's just so ironic that his campaign theme song was you can't always get what you want by the rolling stones (laughs) (laughs) so we're like sitting there waiting for people to walk out on stage and like this is like his one of his songs on the
0: playlist he plays it's just hilarious that's an interesting job, too. He probably has his own music supervisor.
1: Well, you, know? you
0: have to. I mean,
1: remember when he walked down the escalator, he, he came down the escalator, and it was like Neil Young's Keep on Rockin' in the Free World? Yeah. I think that's what it was, right? I wonder what Neil Young thought. Neil Young immediately said, cease and desist, yeah. mofo. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think <laughs> yeah. you are? Yeah. Because you know, regardless of whatever you stand uh, or wherever you stand politically, like, those songs sometimes are very politically charged and they're written by a person for a very specific reason. Neil Young has a very passionate stance politically. Right. And if you're not in line with him as an artist, he should be able to say, like, no, you cannot use that. So he must have someone that, like, clears it all. (laughs) Like,
0: makes calls to the Rolling Stones. Hey, do you mind? (laughs) He must have a music (laughs) suit, probably a team. Uh, That's crazy. So you've got man yeah you've done so many different types of gigs and you've also done sound for some pretty big artists.
1: I've been fortunate
0: enough to do that. Yep. I have. Maybe uh give us a couple of bloop bloop name drops here. <laughs> some bloop bloop name drops. Uh
1: man. Okay, the other day I ran sound for George Clinton. Wow. That At was Ophelias? No, he played a private event at um excuse me what is now known as it used to be called city hall city hall nightclub yeah yeah it's it, i can't remember what it's called now it has a, it goes by a totally different name and it's super unprofessional that i can't think of it um but that man that was like one of the loudest gigs i've ever done uh just absolutely insane tons of people i'm really fortunate enough to have worked with tons of people in the worship community um you done marsha ball right marsha ball was fun not related to the worship community no. at all i don't think but <laughs> <laughs> um okay i pulled up a list on my resume here because i am a horrible name dropper uh, i've done backline for snoop dogg and ice cube um i did I uh, was a monitor tech for Nitty Gritty Dirt Band Wow Which is like totally two different things Two different things Yeah um, Monitors for Dumpsta Funk um, Wow And then again like Jerry Jeff Walker Which is like a big country guy uh, Paula Nelson, Colin Ray um, Let's see uh, Milky Chance uh, Sage the Gemini Did a crazy show with YG He's another rapper I've done monitors, or sorry, I'll, I'll say I was the monitor technician for a Tony Bennett show, uh, Buena Vista Social Club show. Um, I mean, done it, it all. The, the list goes on, and it's varied because I don't really say no, and I like to stay diverse. Um, and and you are really fortunate working with different production companies in town um, who are the mainstay. You know, you don't have to be point contact for all of these people i just listed i've just been fortunate enough to be competent enough um to get calls from people who actually hosted these events or venues that booked these people and and i came out
0: um all of those that i just listed weren't like touring jobs or anything like that where i worked with the same
1: person right yeah
0: well that's that's really neat and you're, you're somebody who's done so many different things from studio sound a live sound a venue consultation to yeah 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 um you know that's uh that's really cool and i'm so glad we could uh we could have you on this is anthony catalano and uh (laughs) links to all his socials will be in the description Uh, of the podcast awesome awesome. super Um, appreciated always a pleasure
1: um don't hesitate to reach out if you have questions yeah any last words (laughs) uh my this is sort of what i tell my students in live sound engineering class when they ask me like how do i get a job or what do i need to what qualities do i need to have right um to quote another one of my colleagues and mentors um be a decent human being that's number one don't be an asshole (laughs) and don't be the jaded sound guy because no one wants to work with you if you're a jerk right um you have to be a chameleon of sorts with your personality. It takes a certain type of person to work a Snoop Dogg ice cube show and then wake up in the morning and go and run sound at a religious facility. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> now you don't have to do that, but a lot of what we do is personality, right? right? No one wants to be stuck in a tour bus with someone that they don't like, right? Um, and lastly, uh, do what you say you're going to do, and always strive to do the best job possible. And by that, I mean you might be stuck behind a console, making 75 bucks for a 10-hour shift, you know, in a venue that wasn't well designed, on a console that's half broken, with bands that you are scratching your head: How on earth did these people get booked? Who would want to listen to this? The only crowd people are their fathers or their wives or whatever. Right. Um, But you have to treat everybody like it's the biggest show you've ever done. Yeah. You know, you got to give them the absolute best attention and do whatever you can to make their show and their experience the best. And if you do that, which is remarkably rare, (laughs) they'll thank you um it's a common occurrence where people come up and tell me things like i've never had my monitor sound so good or i've never um got such high praise from the audience when we got off stage like thank you for doing such a good job and word of mouth is everything so yeah that's my long-winded piece of advice if i was gonna say anything
0: Else. That uh, was reba- my last words. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. We're let the hanging commence. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, brother. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Pr- a privilege and a pleasure.
1: Thanks for coming by and, and using my equipment. Right on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you have it. My conversation with Anthony Catalano. He's a pretty cool guy, huh? Uh, links to all of his socials will be in the description of this episode. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by our buddy Patrick Badgley at PQ Mastering. He puts the finishing touches on this podcast. For any music mastering or audio restoration work, check out his website at www.pqmastering.com. If you like what you're hearing in general, please go to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, leave a 5-star rating. That'd be really cool, huh? Wouldn't take too long, a couple seconds. And if you really like it, maybe leave a, maybe leave a review as well. It, it helps me out a lot. All right, that's all for now. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.